This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. You're listening to episode 40, 4-0. I'm one of your hosts, Ray Ray. And I'm your other host, Breezy. 40 (laughs) episodes? What the heck? I know. It's flown by. Flown by. I feel like we just started. It does feel like that. It feels like... It feels like quarantine's been forever, but also at the same time, it feels like, how the hell is it December? I know. Like, this year's over? We're done. We're done with this year. It's it's a little confusing this year, I got to be honest, because it's like, normally at this time of year, we should be having, like, plenty of hockey to watch, and the team should really be taking shape, but that's not happening. There's, like this thing called NFL football on that I have had zero (laughs) desire to watch, which is not like me. Um, And I've just been watching Christmas movies, like have been in the mood for movies lately. What about you? Definitely, definitely movies. Christmas movies, I think are, uh, are like a daily thing for me right now, but I do have a question. Yeah. Why are all Christmas movies? Why do they all take place in Chicago? (laughs) Because Chicago is the best for Christmas. Literally every Christmas vacation, Home (laughs) Alone, Christmas with the Cranks. Like every place is in Chicago. Why? True. I'm sitting there and I'm like, Chicago again. Why? You know, I think because it appeals to the masses, right? Like it's a Midwest city. It's a big city, but it's like neutral. It's not like as as recognizable as New York. So it's more relatable. Like you could see a suburban home in Chicago and be like, oh Mm. yeah, this could be like my city. And O'Hare airport is like, you know, become so infamous from that home alone scene where they're running down to catch the flight to, to uh, to their trip without Kevin. And uh, I don't know. I think it has something to do also with the, uh, the writers. Some of them I think are from Chicago. Oh, or maybe. have some tie to it. And I think, um, at, I don't know about like tax credits. A lot of states offer really good tax credits to filmmakers, mm. but I don't know if when those movies were made that Illinois or the city of Chicago was offering huge tax breaks, but that could also yeah. be a reason. But True. don't you love it though? Like, doesn't, doesn't it just, aren't you like, oh yeah, Chicago is the home for Christmas. Yeah, I think so. Like, Although I do have to say, Los Angeles, because <laughs> it doesn't snow. It does. You don't think of LA snow. for Christmas. It's not cold. I mean, it's kind of chilly today, but like not chilly, chilly. I do have to say though, uh, I had a layover in Chicago for my. It was like my one of my first layovers I've ever been on. Don't ask why I didn't get on my first flight until I was like twenty two. So that's fun. Um, that's a story for another day. That's that's another story. Yeah, but we had a layover. We were going to Toronto, and we had a layover in Chicago. And I got out, and I was like, Kevin <laughs> McAllister was in this 
freaking thing. I can't even talk about it right now. Well, airport. It was in the airport. And I was like, dang, this is so cool. I, I texted my mom. I was like, oh my God, I'm here. They were running down this hall. <laughs> but I don't know if it was that hall, obviously. But yes, you were in the same airport that Kevin McAllister was in. <laughs> yeah, I was. That's just crazy. I mean, it was so cool. I'm such a nerd. I mean, I knew every word of Home Alone when I was like five. So makes sense. I just thought of something. What? There is an unpopular opinion of, is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? Christmas movie for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, A lot of people say no or debatable, but I'm going to say yes. I say yes. And that's actually really interesting that you brought up Die Hard because our guest this week uh, reveals something very interesting about Bruce Willis, the main character of Die Hard. (laughs) You're just going to have to wait and uh, listen to. But uh, yeah, we've got a really amazing guest coming on. We didn't even, we didn't mention her yet. Um, Her name is Whitney Yuskevich. And she (laughs) runs a, I was waiting for you to repeat Yuskevich because it's just so much fun to say her last name now that we know how to say it. Yuskevich, Yuskevich, Yuskevich. I feel like we do that with every guest. We like say their name like a million times over and over again. Oh yeah. I don't want to get it right. And um, she is a hockey coach, skills, training, development coach up in Vancouver, Canada. And she runs a company called Fire and Ice. It's a hockey development uh, program for uh, kids of all ages, boys, girls, whatever. And we buried the lead here. She is working on the Mighty Ducks game changer television series that everybody has been buzzing about when Disney dropped that trailer this week. And we talked to her all about it. We did. And actually, we talked to her the day the trailer was released. Or no, it was the day before the trailer was really released. It was like the pre, like the amp up to it. And we were kind of geeking out together. Uh, Cause one of her friends had found like, I don't know, something she, like we couldn't even search for it, but her friend found something and we were all watching it together and it was really exciting. So oh yeah, um, to see how excited she was knowing that like, she's been working on this for however many weeks leading up to it. Um, I think it kind of just made us, you know, buzz on it a little bit harder uh, than we, what we kind of had already started to just because I that was such an iconic movie when I was younger I don't know about about you but um yeah it was exciting oh yeah I think the series is gonna be great I like how I they had so modernized it they're making like modern cheesy jokes just like they made in the in the other movies yeah. I actually just watched Mighty Ducks 2 the other day and uh, I was like, I forgot. This is like cute. It's good. It's cute. It's like, yeah. it's a good, this is a good Disney movie. Like, come on. These you know, aren't. I really like D3 for some reason. Like, I know sequels aren't like as good as the first ones, but I feel like the Mighty Ducks did a really good job with their sequels. And uh, let's face it, everyone has keep continues to watch them. And you know, you're going to watch this, the TV series, regardless if you think it's, gonna be trash or not you know it's not gonna be trash you're just trying to start some some chaos so exactly 
Exactly. Yeah. I'm all for it. I'm all for a reboot. They're doing it right. And Whitney, our guest talks about it, what she can talk about it because she's been working right. on the film. So stay tuned to hear her inside scoop. Yeah. Speaking of, we have a Spotify account. Oh, yeah, we do. We have a Spotify account. Uh, we are Whitney sent over her pump up jams uh, that she uses for the team. Uh, we've added some of our favorite songs that really amp us up. Uh, yeah, we wanted, we anything. wanted, to, yeah, we made a Spotify playlist of like pregame warmy pump up hockey jams, right? Yeah. And if you have one, you should send it to us and we will add it to the playlist and we'll just make it a cool community playlist uh, yeah. that just reminds us of hockey. Exactly. Yeah. DM us on any of the social medias, your song choice breezy will add it and uh you can rock out in your house before your next zoom meeting and get amped up <laughs> yeah just make sure it's not anything crazy we don't like any uh nothing too explicit that could be... or yes exactly yeah exactly so but we'll add it as long as it's uh nothing crazy and yeah it'll be fun it'll be fun for all of us to kind of have um, a playlist where we can get hockey opinions from from all over and i'm excited for it i love music yeah i'm i'm ready for it unpopular opinion hockey style we just did one for christmas movie hockey style so the mighty ducks the anaheim ducks were founded from the mighty ducks movie right Mm -hmm. now when you think i'm a little biased because obviously i'm not a ducks fan i'm a king's fan and that's just a little bit you know unmarked territory but when you think of the Anaheim Ducks, do you think of the Anaheim Ducks? Here comes Ryan Getzloff. Here comes, well, not Corey Perry anymore. I guess I just let that up to be a giant fail. Anyway, do you <laughs> okay. think of them being like this mighty team that plays in the NHL? Or do you think of them being the Anaheim Ducks from just down the street from Disneyland? What are you thinking? You know, when I think of, I think of them as the Disney team. Like, I don't think of them as this like big, bad team I have to really worry about. I mean, though, as a Blackhawks fan, we have had to worry about the Anaheim Ducks yeah. um, for a I couple mean, as, of years there, but not anymore. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. They have some good players on there. They've, they obviously have gone really far in the playoffs the last few years. They haven't done so well. Uh, same with, you know, a lot of other teams and I have no room to talk there, but I still think when you think of, you know, the ducks, I think of like the Disney team. I don't think of the team that gets on the ice that pretty much can destroy any team that they play. So no offense, any ducks fans, they're good. Um, but I just think of the Disney team. Anyway, that's my, that's my two cents. Yep. That's, I agree with you. That's our unpopular hockey opinion is that uh, when you hear the Anaheim Ducks, you immediately think of Emilio Estevez and Mickey Mouse. (laughs) That's that's probably for us non-Ducks fans. Right. You know, but uh, yeah. And I'm sure the players on the team don't think of it that way, but. Right. uh, A popular opinion across the interwebs and in the hockey world 
It looks like the NHL is going to be back January 13th with 56 games. This is not officially confirmed at the time of our recording, but that is the rumor. And they've split up the divisions, which we could talk about at another time because I feel like there's a lot to talk about with that. So, yes. um, And uh, that's less than a month away, by the way. Less than a month away. So... I don't know. I just got really excited. Me too. When I thought of it, I was like, dang, the 13th. Okay. Uh, today is the, oh, less than a month away and we're going to have it back. And I can't wait. I'm, I'm about to just kind of, I'm excited to potentially be quarantining in my house just so I can uh, watch hockey all day long. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it like plays out I think it's going to be really interesting hockey because of the way they've separated the divisions because of the Canada US like limiting Mm -hmm. the travel distance Um, it's going to be it's going to be different hockey like we're going to see more of what was like in the olden times of hockey Mm -hmm. like back with the original six when they all just played each other over and over and over again you know you played the same team um, multiple times because there was only six teams so I think it's going to make for more rivalries I think yep. it's going to cr- create some big shifts in the teams mm-hmm. and I think some of the teams are going to have a lot of work to do adapting yeah I that's agree a, I, I think that's a pretty popular opinion that everybody's got but yeah yep. we'll see I agree I agree I agree Shut the front door. So I had told you guys, I think two episodes ago, that I was ready to get a dog and I wanted to get a dog. And well, I got a, I got a dog, guys. It happened. He got a dog. It, it happened. happened. It totally happened. His name is Ringo. He's a rescue. He's five years old. He is house trained. He's a terrier mix. He's absolutely adorable. I'll post a picture on our social. I'll, I'll try to get him with my hockey stick and my like green biscuit or something, or maybe my Chicago Blackhawks uh, puck or something. I'll stage or a little summer photo. skates or my sum- with my summer skates. Exactly. And uh, he's, uh, he's just the best. And he sat on my lap the whole time we interviewed Whitney. Um, so you might hear some like, because <laughs> he was like <laughs> sniffing up at the mic. So that's what that is, guys. <laughs> and um, I'm so happy. I, I had gotten him last week when we taped. And I told Breezy, like we were like doing our pre-show and I brought him up and I was like I got a dog and then I just was like oh I was like started crying and I was like I can't talk about it this week it's too emotional I'm so happy and I was like I don't know why I'm crying um so I was like we have to wait she's like Breezy's was like that's okay uh I haven't seen this side of you but okay no but it's good I think dogs bring out the best part of you and you get emotional sometimes I mean I look at Nate and sometimes I Last night I kept saying how much I loved him because he's my best friend in the whole entire world. And then I got a little, I was like, dang, he's a, he is my best friend. It happens. Yeah, it happens. It really does. Yeah. So I'm super happy. This is my first dog, everybody. And uh, it's all very new to me as far as like dog mom world. I've taken care of a lot of other people's dogs, but 
when it's your own, it's such a different emotional feeling. And I'm, I'm loving it. He got, he's gotten so many toys and treats and gifties and like, he is in heaven. He's been rescued and he ain't wanting for nothing. Let me tell you, he snuggles. I pet him. We play fetch in the apartment or outside at the dog park. And uh, yeah. he's just the best. So that's the you show know, the I, front door. We will say that his name was Ringo. When you got him, you didn't name him Ringo after the Dallas Stars mascot. Oh, I didn't even think about that. No. No. Ew. No. If anything, I would have to name him Tommy, <laughs> like after Tommy Hawk or like Hawk. But that's like so... That's so expected. And I, I oh told gosh. you guys, I wanted to name him Bob, but he he was already responding to Ringo, but like his full name is Ringo Bob. Uh, I think it should be Ringo Bob Hawk. Ringo Bob Hawk? Yes. <laughs> Your dog's name is officially Ringo Bob Hawk. Ringo Bob Hawk. <laughs> no, he's not responding to that. I tried. <laughs> well, you... You can't just call him that one time and expect him to respond. You got to work on it. All right. We'll you want to know mate's it. mate's mate's name is Mate Gunnarsson Romagnosi. <laughs> and sometimes Mate Ro- Mate Gunnarsson Romagnosi to Foley because he gets a new middle name for whoever scores at the time that I get excited. Jeff oh. Carter scores. Mate Gunnarsson Romagnosi Jeff Carter. This happens. <laughs> But it. he's always Nate Gunnarsson Romagnosi. That's the Nate that's Gunner. his name. Gunnarsson Romagnosi. Okay. Don't ask where Gunnarsson come came from. My uh my nephew, my my third nephew. Mm-hmm. I have four. So I, I just go down the, the age gap. So my third nephew, I had asked him, I was like, what should we give him a middle name as? He goes, hmm, Gunnarsson. I don't know where it came from, but that's just it's stuck. So Ringo so- Bob, you're gonna be Ringo Bob Hawk. Patrick Kane. Ringo Bob Tommy Hawk Kane. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just going to happen. Breezy's a barbecue pit. Today I'm doing two different kinds of jerky uh, for Breezy's barbecue pit. Uh, And I'm also, I saw this recipe and it's a one skillet smoked pot pie. Oh. So I'm doing that today. I have all the ingredients. I'm going to be throwing that on. So I have a cast iron, going to do all this thing, whatever, blah, 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 going to mix it all up. And then I'm talking, I went to the grocery store actually to get some, some biscuits, like, you know, the stuff in the can. I You're love supposed those. to just put that, yeah, you're supposed to put that on the top. But then I was like, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do croissant rolls on the top to make it a little more flaky. Go to the grocery store. They're wiped out of croissants. What do you mean they're wiped out of croissants? There was nothing on the shelf. Even the biscuits were all gone. The only thing that was left on there, cinnamon rolls. Now, cinnamon rolls would probably be okay because everyone loves cinnamon rolls, but not on a pot pie. Mm -mm. So then I'm like, oh my God. So I'm looking, I'm searching, I'm searching. Somebody had hidden a couple cans of croissant rolls within the cinnamon rolls. No. Yes. 
So the only one that I only got one because I wasn't being greedy because I don't eat bread anyway. So I was like, I'm only going to get one for this recipe. And it's a sweet Hawaiian croissant roll, which I think is going to be really bomb on this thing. But yeah, actually, that sounds like that will be good with like the smokiness, the smokiness and then like the, the creaminess, yeah. flavoriness. So I think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Oh, so that's wow. Breezy's Barbecue Pit today. We are doing a skillet pot pie on the smoker with a croissant top so check out our social media because we'll post corresponding pictures to whatever our uh breezy's barbecue pit and shut the front door is so yeah we'll get a picture of ringo and you'll put a picture of your uh delicious which I'm sure it's going to be delicious, uh, pot pie, skillet pot pie uh, on the skillet seat. Pot pie. Then people can like see what's up and see what's happening, yeah. see what we're talking about. And maybe, about. exactly. And maybe Ringo Bob will have an Instagram one day, like what Mae does. And he'll start making more appearances uh, as our mascot on the podcast. With Mate, yeah. We have two mascots. We yes. do. Ringo oh. Bob and Mate Gunnarsson. God, we're like the Carolina Hurricanes with two freaking mascots. Jesus. <laughs> Who do we think we are? Oh, my God. We bad. We bad. We bad. <laughs> Our podcast is proud to be on the Hockey Podcast Network. And the network is home to many other incredible podcasts, including this one. We've got Hockey Talk. Those are the moments you're a sports fan for. Um, those are the moments where you know you're down through nothing, and the team has this amazing comeback, and the guy who you want, who you really are thinking this needs to be the star of this team, has a hat trick. We've got beer. It has a unicorn on the can. An easy drinking beer that's just delicious. We want to help you understand the sport you love better. What kind of things are you looking for to understand the game better? What you know? What's a couple of things someone who's watching the game at home when things start up here in a few weeks, or if they're watching college hockey, what's going on right now? What kind of things would they be looking for to try and understand the game better, or what's happening in the game, that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's it's something that's evergreen. Um... Listen to Jackets Debrief, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, and available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Welcome to the house, Whitney Yuskevich, who is the founder of Fire and Ice Hockey Development. She's a Hockey Canada skills instructor, high-performance coach, and WHL ambassador, and TV star. What's going on? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I don't know about that TV star thing. Maybe, maybe behind the TV scene star kind of a thing. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You should, you should own it. There's a lot of people who say they're a TV star and they haven't, uh, made it out of, I don't know, Studio City much further than uh, being on like an Instagram ad or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's been, a, it's been very fortunate because I'm in Vancouver, BC. And so we have a lot of shows coming up here uh, due to COVID. Our production companies found a way to make it work, to make it safe. And so we actually have more productions, I think, than... 
I don't want to say like in history, but in a very, very long time. And there's a lot of shows um, going on. And so I just happenstance got very fortunate. A friend of mine reached out to me in the hockey community, let me know that there was a posting for quote unquote, a Lululemon looking mom. (laughs) So I was like, sure, why not? You know, um, as many hockey providers due to COVID, some of us lost our contracts. And, and so we had a couple extra time and, Anybody who's worked in the film industry knows that, you know, it's a good day for when it comes for daily pay. And so I was like, sure, let's try it out, submitted it. They accepted it. And I was uh, a, a double for like one of my first jobs and then just kept getting more and more work. And, um, and the TV show is actually the mighty ducks. And so that's what's so cool about it is that it was a combination between hockey and acting. So I have an acting degree. I have done, you know, four years, um, got a film and television and theater degree in acting, did all of that. That's actually why I came to Vancouver. I decided to get involved, you know, so I did a lot of work in that part, um, of the world in that industry, but I always had hockey. I've always had hockey since I was young. And when you're just kind of in Vancouver with the rush and the bus and you're trying to find work and there's hockey instructor positions available, you're like, gosh, I can do this. So you sign up for it. And then it kind of just took over and it's become what it has today. So when this posting came up, when it was acting, I had actually stepped away for quite a while. And so all of a sudden, it was just so weird, you know, with COVID basically bringing my hockey work down a little bit, slowing it down, provided this opportunity and the work that I do have, like it just hasn't really conflicted. So I've just been available. We've been filming since September and we're going to be wrapping it up here. Um, I think basically by the end of next week, I think they're hoping to be done. And then it's just off to the editing room and cutting and splicing and getting it all ready for uh, its premiere. I, there is a trailer out there. So I believe what it's called is it's called Mighty Ducks Game Changers. So if any of you guys are savvy on the internet, I'm sure you'd be able to find tons of information <laughs> if you just get the Google fingers out and start searching. But uh, that's kind of all of the information that I'm really allowed to share with you, um, other than just some fun things that have happened to me while being part of the show. But yeah, it's it looked really good. When I saw the trailer, it, like I got pumped up. I got pretty psyched up for it. And I love loved those movies growing up so I think anybody who has a passion they're going to enjoy it you know it's kind of that same thing that they've done with that Cobra Kai you know anybody who's a Karate Kid fan is totally enjoying and I think they've done a good job like Disney has a, a good a good handle on some of their shows lately so I'm really excited to see what happens when this one get, gets all finished and cut together. Oh, yeah. Well, so I did a little like publicity research to see what we could say and according to okay, Wikipedia cool. which you know is of course the end all be all but that just means it's on the internet somewhere so um it we can say that the show is starring lauren graham who was of gilmore girls fame and then um (laughs) emilio estevez of course is going to be in the series and um that's super exciting to have him back and uh the trailer looks good you run into him yeah Oh, of course. Yes. Both of them. Like I am and Emilio. Like when I, when I was doing my scene, my very first scene, when I had to be a double, like I was doubling a character on the actual show, like they interact with Emilio. So, you know, we're sitting there doing the scene, you know, and he is giving us the cue to, to start. So you're looking him dead in the eyes and he's giving you the cue and the cameras are rolling. So, you know, (laughs) he's, 
do we go up to them and like, do I go up to them even when I'm like on the bench with Lauren and she's, you know, sitting there, I know that I'm sitting there like two feet from her. And the one thing that I'm not doing is being like, um, excuse me, hello. Can I, uh, you know, it's just, it's not, like I said, like, I don't, I've, I've done training and stuff. And so I just really respect their space and their, their area and, and their process. Right. And then especially since it's COVID, like you really almost want to respect their space even more. Like we've been putting like the second that it's like cut masks on, you know, like there's literally yeah. people walking around sanitizing everything. There's hand sanitizers that are like foot pedal style ones that are, they're everywhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like they really got it together in Vancouver. Um, we're getting tested twice a week. Like we are constantly on top of this and so you just kind of respect their space you know like there was like one time where I was like I gotta go to the washroom really quickly and Emilio is skating around in between scenes and I'm kind of looking and he looks and we give each other a little head nod and he's like yep yep and I'm like okay you know like he's there doing a job and I'm there doing my job and it just feels like such a really big team like it's and the best part is it's like you get to you get to cheer literally like it's not figuratively like literally like so if you were, <laughs> we're doing some scenes and you're acting out and the director's got his microphone because you know they have him on the PA system so everyone can hear him and he's like right. okay guys like we need a lot of energy and and it's just kind of fun like you're sitting there getting really energetic and kind of jacked up like a real hockey game and and, and yeah I love acting and I've always been a part of that um you know, I, I did a little bit, there's Vancouver theater sports. So I love improv and I'm not shy of, you know, jumping on stage with absolutely nothing in my back pocket. You know what I mean? I've, I've worked in the film industry doing premieres. So I've, I'm not shy being uh, in front of a large crowd of people welcoming them on behalf of the production company. So I just embrace that. And, and I love it. It's, it's such, we feel all of the people who are regulars there doing hockey work. uh, We literally feel like a team. And so with this finale season finale episode coming up, like, like, it's almost like we're texting, we're texting each other, like a bunch of teenagers. Like we're all supposed to be a bunch of teenagers and we literally are like, we're texting yeah. each other being like, what's the call time tomorrow? Like, do you want to like text when you get there so we can figure out where we're going? And it's like, Oh my God. Like it's, it's just, um, it's fun. It's just fun. Yeah. Just straight up. <laughs> what a, like That's how awesome. cool to marry two passions that you have and, and be able to just like keep doing hockey, but in such a different way. I don't normally get starstruck around celebrities or anything like that, but there's always one person that'll get you. Who mm. is that one person you oh feel like God. you'd be starstruck around? Uh, you know, Mine you is think totally it's, like, okay. So you always think you it's going to be like the good looking ones, right? You're always like, yeah. Oh, and I literally ran into um, Channing Tatum, you know, and <gasps> he was on set with his wife. It wasn't even his show. I was just going to Crafty. I wanted some food. I was hungry and I was going and he was like stealing power from a plug in. And I like I came back to the tent and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I'm talking to the girls, but I didn't really get that starstruck like oh and then I've ran into Shia LaBeouf I've seen Robert Redenford I've seen all of these guys but I think the one person that if I saw and this is kind of embarrassing but if I saw him in real life I honest to god think I would lose my mind mm-hmm. is Bruce Willis and I don't know why but I've I've loved him ever since I was young like like totally inappropriate being a young child loving technically an old guy at the time but yeah I just I just 
everything about him I just loved it and then when I found out that he did comedy in I don't know if you know that he did a series um, with Civil Shepherd called Moonlighting when he did comedy and I watched those I was just like oh my gosh this guy like I thought he was just like this kind of like tough rugged guy who likes to swear around with guns and like woo. and then I was like oh my gosh he's goofy and funny and dorky and I was like <laughs> It was almost like I dropped a little bit more for the crush. And if I can ever get into a movie, I think like, yeah, like they're going to be like, excuse me, ma'am, can you just back up? You're kind of in frame. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." (laughs) just like creeping in. And they're going to be like, "Uh, that blazing red hair in the background. Can you please move it to the side? And I'll be like, you want me to move up? You want me? Okay, closer, close. Okay, I'll get closer. And they'll be like, get her out of here. And I'll be like, I'll be waiting in your trailer. No? Okay, bye. So I don't know. I think that's the one guy that might get me. So Breezy, oh, who's your person? Going. Who were you going to uh, say is your person? Well, okay. Well, first of all, I technically have two. If I'm going to do like a movie star, hands down, Jamie Lee Curtis, the screen queen herself in my favorite Halloween, I would, I would freak out. But uh, in this case, we were talking about just like popular people I guess and obviously it's in the hockey world it's one of with one of my hockey friends and I said if I never get starstruck I've met tons of people uh, I've met a couple hockey players but if I were to ever meet Roman Yossi I would faint hands down (laughs) just couldn't do it he's probably he's hands down probably the nicest guy ever he looks like the sweetest guy he's I mean I'm getting a little my hands are clammy even thinking about meeting him I can't even do it (laughs) can't do it oh my god I think my person (laughs) my person would be Britney Spears I wanted to be her as a kid like growing up I just like loved everything like the dancing the performing like the outfits like the whole thing I'd probably be a little like huh Hi. Like <laughs> just not knowing what to say to her, you know. I, I don't talk to celebrities anymore because did I tell this story, Breezy here? Oh yeah, you did. With Steve Carell. <laughs> yeah, CVS, right? <laughs> yeah, I went to yeah. CVS and uh Steve Carell was there and I uh I was like, I'm not gonna say anything, I'm not gonna bother him. And then I was like, maybe he just needs a compliment. Celebrities need compliments too. And so I just like walked over to him in the checkout line and was like, Hey, I just, I just wanted to say, I love your movies. And he was like, thank you. And I was like, thank you. I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> Goodbye. And I just like ran away. And I was like, never oh, no. again, never again, Rachel, not talking to him. See, I think that would be awesome. I would love to be able to have a conversation. And like, that's the one thing that I always like wonder is like, I've seen, you know, like I've been like I know Connor McDavid's um, uncle and so he like we would get to go to some games and he'd be like like Connor's like right there and I'm not like freaking out or anything so I always wonder you know like even though it is Bruce Willis like would I get starstruck because I always find myself like even yesterday we were I'm part of um, the NHLCA coaches association so we have uh, there's a female mentorship program and so like literally yesterday we were on the phone talking with NHL uh, assistant coaches and head coaches and it's like almost like us right here like one two three right (laughs) Um, like I'm sitting there with Derek McKenzie and we're having a conversation and you know I'm sitting there being like I'm not getting uh, stuttery. I'm not getting like, yeah. you know, like the, the, the cold sweats, like none of that is kind of twisting me up. Um, and I, I, I always find it like, is that just who I am? Or is that from like training? Because like, I do 
remember, like I took four years where, you know, you get through learning what's called like fillers. So you learn how to speak without saying ums and eh, uh, you know what I mean? You learn how to be more fluid and like more consistent. And, you know, I got lead roles where I was on stage, you know, out into a, a, a stadium of 600. Then there was Shakespeare on the park where you're in an entire park full. And, and so there's something extremely different with that. It's almost, it's a, it's a certain type of performance pressure. I mean, being a hockey player as a kid growing up and playing on some of the teams that I was fortunate enough to play on, like I got onto, you know, a triple H, a triple A team growing up as a girl on, in our local city, then moving into university, getting to play a little bit of team Alberta. So in those, and I wasn't, you know, like I wasn't necessarily the star of the team, but I was one of those players that if you, you know, were having to kill a penalty kill or you needed to make sure that there was, you know, that defensive end was clear and secure. Secured. I was a, a solid defenseman and I, you know, those pressure moments, whether it was hockey or basketball, even I played on a really intense basketball team that traveled internationally and that's in high school. So, you know, I almost love that pressure cooker feeling. And so when you're sitting there and you're talking to somebody, like I'm sitting there in my head being like, what kind of a question can I ask that's stimulating? Like, what can we do to make, you know, conversation? And so like, even yesterday, um, I was sitting there and I was talking to, um, I'm just going to try and remember who it was. I kind of a geek I made notes so that I could remember properly oh yeah I have to write <laughs> well, sometimes, like, well you talk about like not wanting to look silly and a little foolish so you make sure you take your notes and you take you take care <laughs> that you ha- you don't miss have the conversation so like um oh yeah right okay I'm a big golden Vegas fan like when they came in I got on the bandwagon and I've always enjoyed them so I've always been tossing between Vegas and Edmonton um, diehard Edmonton fan I don't care how much how much grief I take, I'll take it. I don't care. It's all good. <laughs> but I also enjoy Vegas. So I was sitting there and I'm talking to Ryan McGill and he's the assistant coach for Vegas, right? And I'm like, okay, Ryan, I'm going to put you on the spot. And it's like, this guy's an assistant coach in the NHL. And I'm literally saying that to him. I'm like, okay, Ryan, we're going to put you on the spot. Uh, what's the one thing that you should have, you know, you wish someone would have said to you or you wish that, you know, you would say to someone who's just starting out kind of getting into that high performance field, like, what's the one thing that you wish? And he's like, oh yeah, okay, good question, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you know, like, I don't even care. Um, Not that I don't care. It's just that it doesn't really trip me up. And, and I don't, I don't know where that comes from. I mean, probably a whole multitude of things, but I think that's, probably why I found myself moving into like a head coaching stream. Um, Mm -hmm. I did a little bit of assistant coaching, but a lot of it has been in that head coaching uh, position. And and it's not because it's like, I'm the person who, who thinks my opinion is the most important and I have to like smash it out there. You know what I mean? But it's just, I find sometimes when I'm silent, you just let the room sit and nobody's sticking their hands up and no one's taking charge or something. And it could be as simple as just organizing everyone else's ideas. Right. I find I'm like, okay, well, if no one else is going to like, let's get it done. Right. So, um, yeah, it's been kind of crazy this whole. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us about your head coaching. Like where have you coached? What kind of teams are you coaching? Like, tell us about the systems and, and what, what you've done in the past and, and what you're working towards in the future with that. For sure. Um, currently right now I am head coaching, uh, several teams, um, no, you're head coaching Go- Emilio Estevez. 
Um, No, I think we're all just sitting back and getting coached by him. It's been pretty fun. Um, But I've been head coaching. uh, I coach a mixture of uh, not a co-ed integrated team, but I coach um, a mixture in the sense that I'm head coaching a U15 AAA boys team on the North Vancouver on the North Shore. And um, that association I've been with for quite a long time. They actually awarded me last year as rep uh, coach of the year. We had a phenomenal season. Like it was literally a storybook um, fairy tale. The team prior to me with the previous coach had made it to provincials, which is like really hard in, in male, male hockey. Um, in female hockey, I find it happens a lot more often. Some of the same teams keep going, but in, in male hockey, like it's kind of a gauntlet that you really got to get through. There's a lot of games. And so uh, I'm basically stepping into this team after this this man just took him right to the provincials. And I was like, okay, no big deal. Uh, and then I was like, all right, looking at the rosters, I was like, who do we got for returning players? And I was like, one guy, no big deal. <laughs> like, this is awesome. So um, we like, it was just such a blessed year with, of the guys that came um, the, you know, the assistant coach that I had just totally fit with the guys, the goaltenders that I had were phenomenal. Like it's just such a blessing when you get not one, but two amazing goalies that you really don't even care who's in the net. You're just like, that's taken care of. Let's take care of in front of them. And so that was a a really awesome opportunity. We got, um, we won a couple tournaments and it was so funny. It's not funny, but it was so ironic that like COVID hit us because we were actually at a tournament in Victoria. Um, we're at one of uh, a Rick Lapointe tournament. And so it was one of his tournaments in Victoria and somebody in the tournament brought norovirus. And so that's the food one, right? Where you like, yeah, like it's really really intense. And so our, um, a, our double a team was, um, in a dressing room right after a team that was getting sick. And so our double A team got completely wiped out. Like they all left and, and just like dropped out of the tournament. They're like, we're done. But some of our parents and some of our players were actually hanging out. And so they started to get sick. Like we were, we were like having such a good tournament and we got into the semifinals. So we're at the semifinals and like literally the night before we're asking like, do we follow through with this guys? Or do we just get on the ferry and go home before like the worst hits? Because like, once it hit you, people could not leave their room. It was like violent. And so we were like, we have eight people. We have a goalie and we have some skaters and they want to play. And you're thinking like, we're going into a semifinal of like a triple A tournament with only eight players. You're like, well, if they want to go, like you got to go. So let the boys play. And it's, you know, it's body checking and anybody who's ever coached body checking hockey knows that like you always carry heavy rosters because so-and-so's in the penalty box or so-and-so's fixing a, you know, a shoulder or so-and-so like they're always kind of dropping like flies. And by the end of the game, you're hoping in a tournament, you got some guys left, but when you're already starting with eight, it was, it was intense, but we literally, it, it, the energy, I wish I could just bring it back. It was so insane. Those guys like, I felt like I was literally going <laughs> to war with them. I was like, we're oh. doing this for everybody that's already down and we're doing this for us. And <laughs> you're like, like pumping them up. Like, oh my God, like literally, like it. <laughs> it was just, it was so intense. And like, I love um, tournaments because I always bring out the game speeches, right? We always get right. the pregame speeches going. And yeah. What technology. kind of coach? Yeah. What do you say in yeah. your pregame speech? Oh my God. Yeah, are you like a loser i'm not gonna lie to you like i have this one speech that's called like um 
a lot of the people and so it all started with like my bc hockey stuff a lot of the girls high performance u18 during camps like like they just love it and so i have a couple ones that have developed and one of the most insane ones but people get they love it it's called mama said knock you out (laughs) (laughs) and so like a very brief kind of put together of it is, is, is so I walk around the room and I'm like poking kids with one finger. And I was like, <laughs> you can go around and bug people one by one, but it's not really effective. It's just pretty annoying. Right. And I just like bug them. And they're like, yeah, coach, that's pretty freaking annoying. <laughs> so then I like, I'll grab two and I'm like, yeah, two guys are skating around now and they're, they're poking at the guys and they're getting really annoying, but they're not really being effective. Nothing, nothing's really happened out there. Even three guys. I mean, it's a bit stronger, but there's still nothing happened. But I was like, when there's all five guys, you have all five players coming together. That's strong. You got your first line coming out and you hit them hard whack with a right hook. (laughs) They don't know what hit them. And then the second line comes flying out and you hit them boom with a left jab. And then the third line comes flying out and boom with an uppercut. You get one, two, three, your first line, your second line. Mama said, knock you out. Now let's go out there and let's show them what we got. And they're all like, and they're just like jacked up. And you're just like, all right. Okay. Back to coaching. Like what was our strategy again? Like, (laughs) It was wild. Like we did really good. And we were playing again. We were playing against a team that was not affected, uh, had all of their roster. So it was like 15 to eight when it comes to player roster sizes. And like, they didn't start winning that game till the third period when finally our guys were like, coach, I can't do it anymore. And you're like, just do it for them. And they're just like, okay. I mean, we didn't walk out with a gold, um, like we did in our first tournament, but it was definitely a really fun experience in the sense that the guys were like, I can't believe we did that coach. Like that was insane. How did we get through that? And uh, we finished off the season, making it to what's called the final four. And as ridiculous as it was, it was, it was almost like a three-way tie. It was our two-way tie. And there was one team that going into the last couple of seconds of their game, it was like, we're going to be in a three-way tie to go to provincials. Like, how do we figure this out? Oh, and then, I don't know, some guys just like lit it up and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, okay. (laughs) And then COVID hit, unfortunately, and those guys didn't even get to go. So it was kind of a bit of a, a, you know, a nice ending in the sense that it's like we tried as best we could. We got as far as we could and we were able to wrap it up before, you know, getting shut down and stuff. So um, that's one of the guys teams that I'm coaching um, and some of the crazy moments of that team. And I also do a female zone team uh, where we traveled to Vancouver, or we've traveled to Toronto. That was a pretty great tournament. We went down there with the girls, took them to the Hockey Hall of Fame, uh, played against some really great Ontario teams. Again, some of the epic speeches, like the girls just eat it up. It's just, it was such a great environment. And um, and then just doing development, like I have a lot of contracts where I'm just doing development around. So I'm kind of from grassroots to high performance, local to provincial, like I just... I just, you know, I don't have any children of my own. And, and so I'm just literally doing this just to make the sport stronger. Like I, right, yeah. I'm, I'm not selective. I don't care if you look like you're going to the show or if you look like you're just trying to stand up. Like, I really don't care. It's all about like, are you better by the end of the session? Did you enjoy it? And are you going to continue playing hockey? Because I don't know, I'm just, that's just my mindset. We need so much more of that. Like we just need that in general in the sport, whether it's men, women, sled hockey, whatever it is, just the like have fun attitude and, you know, not that like huge pressure that kids go under like to, 
to make it to the show. I mean, there's only so many spots and, and there's so many freaking talented pros in the, in the ECHL system and the AHL system that are like at their peak, but just due to whatever, will never make it. So teaching kids and, and people coming up in the sport to just have fun and enjoy it and learn and grow. Like that's amazing um, that that's what you're working on. Cause that's what it's really about at the end of the day, even the guys in the show, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it's pretty wild to think like, I have, obvi- I have a nice little office in my house, so I'm very fortunate that way to have enough, you know, um, square footage in the house to, to have an area that I can claim as my own, as well as our living space. So that is a blessing. But then to know that it's like you're working towards something that is enjoyable. So like, you know, even on your worst day, it's like, just suck it up, get in the car, get to the rink. And it's, and it's like your worst day disappears as soon as you're on the ice. Like... Um, some of the craziest moments and like, I've, I've never, okay. I was never someone who felt very, um, motivated or maternal about wanting to have children. So I never really dealt with really young children. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's why one of the first groups I started gravitating towards was, you know, about that teenager, that preteen 12 to 15 to 16 year old, um, I just found that like I, I was at a point where it's like I could see them and just accept them straight up for who mm-hmm. they were and they understood that so they bought into it and they and I felt that it was really important for me to give feedback and instead of giving verbal feedback because um, I find sometimes it's difficult um, outside of the moment so if you're working and you're skating and I'm, I'm, I'm on you. I'm giving you lots of verbal feedback, but a lot of times it's like, you're not going to take that home and remember it necessarily because you're in that moment and you're, you're almost preoccupied a bit on what we're working on. So I just found that something that I naturally got into was the written feedback. And I've gotten, you know, a lot of players that I had an underage guy last year who was part of that team. And, you know, he was a PEH player, which is a, uh, U12. And so he was an underage um, playing up with us playing, but he was tall, you know, like physically he, he fit it and he's moved on this year to um, a zone program. Right. But I got text messages from his parents being like, you know, he looks at your cards and he reads your feedback and it's like really important. Or one time, like a, a player who's now is in university, his parents were going through his room and they were like, oh my gosh, we just came across like the cards that you used to write him in the feedback. And even with a parent just recently, same thing. They're like, oh, he has it pinned up on his board in his, in his room and, and he looks at it. And, you know, like, I just think when I'm writing those, like, I just want you to know that I care and I'm giving you feedback. I'm not thinking that those are going to last for a long time, but apparently, you know, it. I just keep hearing like other people don't do that. They don't do that. Your kids don't get that. And so I'm going, well, I guess that's now part of my, my niche is that I'm, that's part of who I am. And yeah, it goes back to that leadership thing that it's just like, mm-hmm. I, I guess like if no one else is doing it, I'll do it. And <laughs> And that's how that fire and ice whole company started, really. You know, it started out with someone saying that I needed a GST number to get my contract and to get my money. And then it turned into, oh, well, I'm opening up a business now. So here we go. And yeah. Tell us more about fire and ice and what exactly you offer there for people who aren't familiar with it. Like what what can they what do you do? What can they get? You know, look even like pre pre-COVID-19. Yeah, for sure. Um Fire and Ice Hockey is a, a company that I started back in 2014, and 
it had started off just basically, like I said, kind of being something that I could self-identify as opposed to just being my name on contracts. Um, and I did a lot of stuff where I was just visiting uh, people's practices already. So if an association had a nice time and they were allowed development money, then I did a lot of work like that. So a lot of visiting um, teams at their own ice times. And then I kind of got approached by a couple independent companies on whether I wanted to run their spring program. And I, I did one for one season kind of as a, a subcontractor. I helped out, you know, they paid me for what we did. But I finally after that was like, I wonder if I can, you know, and not that this is necessarily the best way to say it, but it's kind of the most blunt is like cut out the middleman. Can I get rid of that extra um, set of hands? And so then it turned into, let's just take a risk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is ice is not cheap. And when you're purchasing ice in advance, you know what I mean? Like that's thousands and thousands of dollars that you're now saying uh, I will, I'll pay for like, no problem. You'll get the money from me. And then you're hoping that you get the registration. So a lot of the stuff from my film industry and how all of those business classes on like how to market yourself, how to turn yourself into a brand, um, how to, you know, use social media to your advantage. I did a lot of that. And I was like, well, it only got me so far in acting at the time, but what could it do for me in other areas of business? And so that's where it started becoming on Instagram. And I think now we have about 11,000 followers, just building it, um, understanding how to provide content. And, and on our platform that we use with Instagram, it's more than just throwing out like, you know, cool things that we find other providers offering or, or other people. It's really an area where we want to offer drills. We want to offer, um, exposure to people who we think are really working hard on their own, especially during the COVID. We really took the time to find um, some ambassadors, kids all over Canada and the States. Like I'm not, you know, we're not sitting there um, discriminating between who you are, where you are. And, you know, we've even had some kids internationally from Dubai reaching out being like, Hey, can you sponsor us? And unfortunately we can't necessarily sponsor, but we can definitely share. Um, We share, lots of swag we send it out in the mail just to kind of give kids opportunities to maybe they didn't have uh, a stick handling ball or puck or whatever or just even getting a little bit of excitement to receive packages and, and inspiration to continue training but it's really an area that we don't focus so much on being the best spring program or the best summer program or the most elite only exclusive club you know we have had a lot of our athletes um progress to what I would call high performance programs, um, elite academies, and those types of things where they can get their education and their schooling and that kind of that pathway into university or um, college um, recruitment. That's not necessarily what we're doing. We're focusing more on player development. And so we offer, again, that grassroots all the way up to high performance. Um, We work with male, you know, major midget players and AAA players, um, just working on those fine-tuned areas that a lot of the head coaches of those types of programs maybe don't have a specialty in. They know what they want from their players. They know what they need from their players to execute the systems that they desire, but they don't maybe know how to break down why this guy is not or this girl is not achieving that mm-hmm. outcome like you know and they're just kind of shaking their heads and getting mad when if you look at it from a skill production side and 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 that area you're breaking it down going oh, well you can't enter an in four check because 
you know, your skating isn't strong enough. Like mm. you can't even catch the guy. So we have to work on your agility, your quick starts, or maybe, it, you know, you can't even forget the shots on net. You can't even get into the actual, um, into the slot to get the shot off. Like your puck protection is horrible. So right. <laughs> you're not going to get the shots, even though in practice, your coach has seen you light it up in a game situation. Like you can't even get in there. So there's lots of areas where we've helped, a lot of what some people would call those bubble players, mm -hmm. those people who maybe are finding like, oh, this year I got cut and last year I made it. You know what I mean? We're really trying, we're, we're finding that those players are, are making those teams. Like they're jumping above, like they're getting in there and it's because they come and they're getting the detailed instruction on the, on the fine specifics of the game. So that yeah. it's like a puzzle when you build the player back up, then you can, basically give them to that coach and say here you go buddy you got a, a solid player yeah. you know now all he needs is the instruction so it's like it's like a computer like you've gotten it all worked wow. all the parts and everything are high quality just input the plan and the program and so um, see you like as a person who doesn't you know I haven't played and I don't have kids or anything who play I don't I don't have kids but like you I assumed that like any hockey program or any kind of training or development coach or skills coach like yourself like you I would just assume like oh they're going to teach them all the things you just said and be able to analyze their game and go, okay, you're weak here, you're weak there. Like, I guess it's a little naive of me, but um, based on what you're saying, that's not the case with all of these programs. So that's no. And that's, and that's probably, I, I think one of the biggest uh, reasons why parents um, have enjoyed. Uh, and, and I, it's, it's really tough to say nice things about yourself because it's like, are you just pumping your own tires or not? But, but, but listen, it, but if I, you don't pump your own tires, ain't nobody else going to do it for you. So, you know, fact, yeah, that's I know, not a bad fact. thing. That's not a bad thing. You know, like, I feel like women, we do, we like, especially are always like, oh, I don't want to say that I'm like really good at what I do, you know, when it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, you are, you know, like, <laughs> You kick ass. You're doing something great for hockey and these players, you're changing them around like that because you're paying close attention. All right. So I'll say it for you. You're awesome. You're <laughs> kicking ass, Whitney. Okay. Well, thank you so much there, baby. That's awesome. Um, but it's, it's true. Like I, I find a lot of parents will approach me, you know, because all of a sudden they're getting um, some attention. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm on a triple A team now. So those are kids that are available for if they want to go WHL draft, like, you know, and I've had a kid call me and he doesn't understand why it's even happened. He's like, uh, why are the Red Deer Rebels calling me? Like, why has this happened? And I'm like, okay, like how the conversation go? Like, what did you talk about? And then talking to the parents and like being able to say like, I just want to give you a heads up. Like the reason why he might have been contacted is because he is like a 15 year old child who is almost like six foot tall and he's like thick, you know, massive. I was like, they're looking at him as someone that they could potentially develop and they're going to keep their eye on him. So just so you know, like these are why, and people are like, okay. Or people will contact me and be like, Hey, we've have a couple offers of these different programs. What do you suggest? And unfortunately, like I, never unless there's something that I've heard that is very kind of a red flag um I'm usually pretty open and just been like listen um I don't know which is the best program for your son and and help them with those questions like you know 
maybe these are really good things to ask. Like what kind of um, support do you have for the education as opposed to just assigning them homework? They play hockey in the afternoon. Like, do you have an, a tutor that's on the team? Do you have someone who follows up on their assignments? Do you have someone who follows up on their physical activity? Um, or did they just get gym and then left to their own devices? You know, what's the financial commitment? What's the travel commitment? What's the time commitment in the day? Can you physically get your son to that place? Blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? So, wow, um, so I find a lot much. of people are like, oh, that's really nice. Cause they yeah. don't think of those questions when they're sitting there on the phone mm-hmm. talking to someone who wants them to sign a commitment letter. You know what I mean? They're getting sometimes car salesmen and you have yeah. to understand that not every program will offer um, the best thing for, right that for your person. child. Right. What's right for your family. You know what I mean? And I remind family families. I'm like, listen, do you want your son to go to POE in the Okanagan or Penticton? Like, where do you want them to go? Um, they're 15 years old. Is it time to say goodbye? Because they will then turn 18. And if they are getting the right training, maybe they will go to a junior team somewhere, or maybe they will choose a school. Right. And if some parents are like, it's not time to say goodbye to my little baby, you're like, okay, well, you've got to make those decisions right. for your family. Like it's, it's all personal. And I find that, you know, instead of telling people which schools to go to, I just help them find those questions. Like, you know the answers when you know the question to ask, right? And oh, yeah. you know what will fit with you when you hear the answers. So um, that's What's... a huge part with our program is like, we're not necessarily recruiting and connecting, but it's all about development. And a lot of programs have beautiful practices, high tempo, everybody's moving. But if a kid messes up, like look at the instructor, has he either gone and followed up with that player when he goes in the line or has he stopped him and brought her or him back you know in our program that's one thing that people said they're like I can't believe you stopped that kid and brought them back to the front of the line I'm like well they're doing it wrong like blatantly doing it wrong like I'm not going to give you a high five for doing it wrong I'm going to say whoa let's bring that back let's straighten it out and then I'm going to give you a high five because you did it right I call yeah, positive it high five reinf- practices. High yeah. five practice, positive reinforcement. I, I can't stand high five practices. And there's so many high five practices in female hockey and young, young Ugh. amateur sport. I'm just like, enough is enough. Like give them, give them something purpose, you know? Yeah. Just like the, everybody gets a trophy thing is such bullshit. That- I do. I do need to say though. Yeah. I feel like parents are crazy. <laughs> They can't. She be. can't comment. <laughs> Don't comment. She can't comment. Just no, like but like baby. I know, like yeah, like my <laughs> nephews, they are. They were in uh, high school basketball, and parents are crazy. And the drama that comes with the parents, and like not necessarily the coaches, but like the parents getting mad at the coaches and being like, "Why aren't you playing my kid?" And it's like, "Oh, okay. Uh, well." <laughs> so I just have to commend uh, coaches. Yes. So we commend like you. A little break. Yeah, a little break. I find too, like coaches can put themselves in those positions. Yeah. Like they yeah, can create true. their drama because, and like, that's another thing too. Like when you say like, what is fire and ice all about? And what do you guys offer? Like, we're straight up, we're up front. We don't promise things. Like we don't sell roster spots. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of some of these programs will only invite particular players and 
I've always said like, I don't want to have the dinner table discussion. I don't want to come into your house. I don't want to have the college recruiter thing where I'm pitching you this and I'm promising you that. And then when it comes down to it, you know, you're on the team and you're playing and you're not playing good. But yet I sat up there, you know, on whatever day at dinner time and told your parents that you would be on the starting line. Mm -hmm. And then you stopped working hard and I still, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of those situations that coaches put a lot of that on themselves. If you're up front and you're, you know, up front to not only the parents, but the players, right? Because sometimes the players can go home and say things that aren't Mm -hmm. true. They're not what happened. They're outside the circumstances of what really happened and so you have to understand that you know if you're up front with the players and I am like especially in tryout season I'm very upfront with them I said this is the attitude that we're looking for these are the the skills that we're looking for and the energy and you know I've had those tough conversations with guys who have made the team previous years and unfortunately aren't going to make them this year and it's never a comfortable position it's never a comfortable conversation but if you're really out there looking for the the actual well-being of the team, then it has to be something that you have to say. And, you know, I tell parents straight up, you know, similar things and I'm very uh, open about it. Like we have this one rule because I got so sick and tired of having to excuse players and you talk about accountability. I've put a lot of accountability on my players. And that's another thing is people who aren't used to us at fire and ice, they're not used to walking into maybe a disciplined environment. Mm. We're not mean, we're not rude. We don't degrade you, but we do demand um, your attention. We make you sign a code of conduct that you're not going to distract other people from learning. And if that's not your thing, then we ask you to please leave. And and you're not going to get a refund for bad behavior. That's on you. You can explain to your parents why you're gone. You know what I mean? But when you are a bit disciplined and you are in those structures and you are focused, you're going to get a ridiculous amount of praise. You're going to get a ridiculous amount of feedback. You know, we do care about you. Um, but we have a rule, for example, that if you forget one piece of equipment the first time, and that's everything from like water bottle to Jersey, like straight up, you forget one, you're sitting a period. I don't care how far your parents drove you to this game, mm-hmm. a period on your second offense, two periods Right on your third offense. It's the whole game. And there's been guys who are like, but this is only my first offense. And I was like, well, what did you forget? And he's like my helmet. And I'm like, and how far away from home are we? Your parents are not going to drive an hour and a half to get your bucket. You forgot it. Right. And when this happens again, that doesn't go towards your game. Like, I'm so sorry, bud. That was your first offense. Unfortunately, it cost you a whole game. Like, and so it only has to happen like a couple times. And then there was another thing too. Like um, a lot of times we have to worry about um, how they're treating each other. Like it's such an intense thing now, especially me being a female coach with a bunch of males is um, how we operate our dressing room. Now it's, it's COVID. We don't really have those issues, but in pre COVID and regular game structure, you know, you're arriving an hour and 15 before a game. I give you 15 minutes for what I like to call like lightning bolts and, and Oh crap time. Like you got 15 <laughs> minutes to figure it out. Like, Oh crap. I forgot. Or, Oh, I forgot to take my stick or oh, whatever. 15 minutes because I'm walking in that room an hour before, you know, and you need to be changed, ready to go for warm up. We pre-game, we pre-ice, they go for warm up, they dress, you know, I'm in the room. And at the end of the game, I come in, I say my piece, keep it short, keep it sweet. I look at my watch and I go, you know what? 
it is 8.30, everybody's out of here at 8.40. And at the first, they're like, what? No, oh my God, what? And I'm like, you better hurry, you know? <laughs> um, and we leave and, and it's brutal, but every minute that, you know, 8.41, 8.42, what's that two times three, six. Okay. Like we're solid six minute skates for next practice. And they're just like, what? Yeah. Like this isn't a joke, like Mm -hmm. get in, get out, go home. Like Mm -hmm. there's no time for chill. If you are showering, get in shower, get out. There's no hanging out in the shower, getting into trouble. Like none of that. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just, it's just the way things are nowadays and you eliminate, like you eliminate a lot of the like issues or things that can go on. There's boundaries. Yeah. And and we really promote like a a trusting, safe environment. Mm -hmm. You know, if the three of us were in a working group and we had a, a major project going on and we had to hit a deadline, like if you felt like I was constantly talking to breezy and being like, man, like, can't she get it together? Like, this is ridiculous. You'd be like, okay, well now I'm second guessing myself on how Whitney's going to perceive me today. And I don't really know if I want to bring my best energy or my best ideas or my effort forward. And then you get that animosity and you get all of that, you know, nitpicky and as we call drama. And I just, I don't want any of that. You know what I mean? Everybody's got a place on the team. Everybody has a different role. Like, let's not get crazy. Not everyone's on the power play. Not everyone's on the penalty kill. Like, you know, we have our multi-tools and we have our very specific people that do specific jobs. And you have to understand that you have a place, but just because your place is not the same as someone else's doesn't mean you have less value. Like we all have value. And one of our visions um, for our team is, is literally, we say at the very beginning of our team vision is um, first and foremost, we will be known as gentlemen or ladies. Um, and then second as fierce competitors. That is our number one. That's the first sentence of our program is that, and, and I get it from other associations. Oh, your team is so polite. And I was like, darn straight, they're polite. They better be because just like how rugby has the reputation of being a gentleman's game, but beating the living crap out of each other on the pitch, this is very similar. You know what I mean? And they're like, well, why do we have to wear suits and ties? We're not, you know, conforming. I was like, uh, you're on a team. You're all wearing the same uniform. If that's not your style, I don't know if this is the right place, yeah. but you know, and then second, I'm like, because we don't show up as slobs, we show up professional, we show up ready to go. We don't wear ball caps, even though I love ball caps, but game days, my hair is done. My makeup's on. You know what I mean? Like I bring it because if I expect the boys to bring it um, with their ties and stuff, then, then I have to dress that part too. And I've, I found my way to have a little bit of a feminine flair as opposed to having just like a classic peacoat box style man shoes thing. But um, it took me a while to find that identity and how I wanted to, you know, still have that very serious professional look, but also a bit of a softness because I'm not, you know, a guy in a girl's body. I'm, I'm me, I'm who I am. And yes, I'm coaching in a men's industry. So it is what it is. Right. And so, you got to find what works for you in that and men, they just put on a pair of pants and a shirt and that's easy for them. But right. right. Like some it's of a us little have different to be a bit more us. creative. Yeah. What, what. <laughs> how long do you think it will be from your perspective and, and being involved in the, in the um, NHL and coaching and everything before we see a head female coach in the NHL behind the bench? I think it's inevitable. Like it will happen unless the world wants to go like really far backwards. I think we have no choice, but there's going to eventually be change. I don't know how fast it's going to be. Um, you know, I, I just, I think right now our world is just trying to operate in what it already understands within the parameters that 
our governments and our different communities are putting on us with this pandemic. But if you're looking into the future, like I definitely see that it will happen. I don't know who it will be, but whoever she is, is is going to have to have extremely tough skin and be able to handle all the people who are going to be saying all of the most negative mm-hmm. or unbelieving type comments towards her. I hope none of them are, you know, derogatory or, or really, really harsh, but if they are, she's just going to have to be a duck and let it roll off her back. And she'll also be, uh, have to be extremely knowledgeable uh, in the game and mm-hmm. be probably considered one of our best female coaches of all time, because again, you know, she's going to have to um, demand the respect of the other people who are working underneath her and also be understanding that those people have value, but that she is in that position for a reason and it's not a gift or who she knows or, or whatever. just because she is a woman. Yeah. You know like I mean? That I, other she's going to have to earn yeah. it. Right. She's going to have to earn it. And then when she has it, it's going to be, I, I can only imagine it's going to be stressful because even just being a woman in a man's industry right now, you know, your team has a bad game and sometimes, you know, male or female as a coach, you're wondering if like, I don't know about other people, but I'm always asking the question of like, I must've messed that up. Like there was something that I did wrong. There was something that I missed. There was something that I should have been more prepared for. I should have done better. And sometimes the answer is your team didn't show up like end of story. Your team didn't show up. The other team was better. They read your system and they counterattacked you and they shut you down and you didn't react in time. Like your goalie had a bad day and you let a bunch in, you can recover. There's so many different scenarios, but I could only imagine that whoever that female head coach is on that NHL team, anytime the team is not performing, you know, that stress of thinking like, what can I do to be better? And how many people are thinking that it's my fault. Right. And a lot of times, you know, maybe we let male coaches get away with massive losing streaks before people start to put them on their microscope and be like, what's going on? You know? So I, I am excited for whoever that is, but I think she's going to be one tough chick. And I think she's going to be a very intense and very respectable and, and, is or will be in the hall of fame for sure, because it will be somebody who is very um, historically impacting on our game for sure. So do you have any um, good hockey stories or favorite hockey moment or anything like that? Um, I think uh, it's not necessarily, um, well, oh my gosh. Okay, I, I guess feel like I can you have something it. on like the tip of your tongue that you're. I like, guess I well, know. there's two. There's two really cute. Like, there's one that's really really cute. Like, um, so I'm working with like a U7 team right now, and they're so sweet. So like, they're six year old girls who just started out hockey, and um, because I've been working on the film set a lot, I've been getting into the dialogue. There's dialogue that you say. So instead of saying like I understand or okay, got it, you say copy that, and that's just standard right? They say, okay, you go over here, you go copy that and you go. And it's just standard talk, right? And so um, I remember I was working with the the U7 girls and I was giving them instructions on whatever it was that we were working on. I can't remember if it was like passing or shooting or stick handling, but I basically gave them the instructions and then I said, copy that. And like this one tiny little girl with a little pink helmet and cute little blonde curls. And she's like, copy that. And I was just like, (laughs) Oh, it was so cute like my heart like I just I just stopped like when it stops you and you don't have anything else to say like I literally had to like just take a second and I was just like 
that was amazing because it was like clear it wasn't muffled like she didn't chew her words she was clear she was she was sure of herself and she's like copy that and I was just like <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's the this. future at, at HL female coach oh it was just amazing like I always and then I came back like I didn't see them for a while and I saw them again and and I was like, hi, everyone. And they're like, we missed you. And I was like, what'd you say? And they're like, we missed you. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, you guys are gonna make me cry right now. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna be a tough chick over here. Like, so every once in a while, I get like those little moments where I feel like the Grinch, like my hockey heart grows just a little bit bigger. And it just <laughs> reminds me of like, oh, okay. Cause I can get really serious and really intense on like pushing the game forward and getting the players better. And so when you get those moments where you're just like, that's like a Hallmark card right there. Like just, Oh, you know, and you love them. So that was a great moment. But when you asked me that question, um, Oh my God, one of, this is so bad. I shouldn't admit it, but it was like awesome, but I should not be admitting this. Cause this is anyways, it was in the nineties. So, um, <laughs> we won. Uh, so, okay. So this is going back to when I played midget hockey in Edmonton. And so I played for a team called the Edmonton rebels and it was a triple a team. And, um, we had made it past our cities. We had, we were a very strong team. We were one of those teams that, you know, losing was very rare for us and we just were very dominant. And I think, I think it was just one of those teams that we just had a lot of the right players um, who were very strong. A lot of those girls went on to university hockey and a lot of them were scouted for a lot of American teams, even that, you know, there was um, Yale was just getting going. Harvard was just getting going. And so they came up and they were recruiting a lot of Canadian girls for those teams because they were starting to get some funding. And so a lot of our players ended up kind of going whether it was Canadian or stateside, they all kind of dispersed. It was, it was a really strong group, but I remember, and I wasn't a senior. I think I was like a, it might've been my, um, my second year on the team. I wasn't a freshman. I know that, but I definitely wasn't a senior. And so um, we had just, we were in, we were in the Western Shields. Um, this is so funny. Oh my gosh. And I don't know where it is, but I remember we like even laminated the game card. It was so intense. We ended up winning. And I think, um, we laminated the game card because I think I actually took the point shot on the winning goal. Someone must've tipped it or something. I know I didn't get the goal, but I, I got an assist. So I felt very much connected to like, Oh my God, I helped this happen. And so like, okay, if this is midget, the oldest we could be is 17. And again, I wasn't a senior. So we were probably about like, majority of us were like 15 16 okay mm -hmm. and so we had just won all right i don't even know how we didn't get kicked out of the rink like how did this not happen we just won they gave us the trophy like we got our little medals we're in the dressing room our coaches are in there i know my dad was in there because i was like my dad seen me doing this somebody brought out cigars and i'm not even joking we i didn't because i was all like oh smoky's not cool and like you know i was all like poo poo and a little snobby but whatever like and I was also scared. I think my dad was in the room, but like girls were like taking puffs on the cigar. I shouldn't do that. Oh. I should do it like this, I guess. Yeah. But they were taking <laughs> puffs of the cigar and, and like, nobody was going, get that out of your mouth. Like they were all cheering and like, they were putting like, I don't know if it was alcohol or what. I would like to say it's juice. We're going to say it's juice, but I have a feeling it was beer, but it was juice or something <laughs> inside the cup. And like, it's not that we were drinking it. It was just in the room and it was like everywhere. And I just remember like being like, like it was very smoky in there and it was really like sticky from all the juice, juice. <laughs> and um we were and I remember like it was like I don't remember 
how we got to the bus. Obviously we showered and cleaned up and all of that. Like, I don't remember any of that, but I just remember, and then walking onto the bus cause we had to travel. Um, I don't even know where we played, but it was for Western Shield. So somewhere in Western Canada, obviously. And then we got onto the big bus. It was winter out. It was cold, but the whole bus smelt of pizza because the whole back was full of pizza. Somebody ordered and, and the party just continued in the bus. And I was just like, this is the greatest day of my life. And thinking back, I'm like... You would never get away with that nowadays. Like, no way. Like, you're not smoking in a dressing room, period. Like, never going to happen. But I remember, like, I literally remember a girl on my team who regular season I know she was a smoker like she was a high school kid who smoked it is you know and I and she was like Whitney I'm having such a crappy game and I was like well man like shake it off it's fine and then she like throws on some skate guards goes into the shower lights a cigarette and she just like starts smoking a cigarette and I was like what are you doing and she's like I just need one okay so then she just (laughs) has her cigarette and then she played a great game I guess after like it was just so different. Like, oh my God. I would feel like that would be the last thing you would want to do when you're like hot and sweaty and like trying to go out and play is just fill your lungs up with that and then just smell like sweaty smoke. I'm not a smoker, so I wouldn't know. But I there's NHL guys that have like come in and they're just sitting there puffing on cigarettes and like that's their thing. And probably not nowadays because they're all health conscious, but like that's you're talking wild. in the 80s and the 90s, like. <laughs> I remember working in a bar. I worked in a bar for the longest time. And like, you're sitting there, people are like, what can I get for you? And they turn and they're literally like blowing it in your face. And now I can't handle being around someone who's smoking outside. Like it, we just lived in such a different restriction of type world. Right. Like, yeah, we're smoking indoors still. (laughs) What was your like hype up locker room playlist? Did you have anything good back then or, or what do you even like have like your music person? I never got like your kids play anything now. Oh, now I have to like, I always have to like, I don't even want to talk about what they listen to now. It's so (laughs) it's garbage. Listen, I put the radio on the other day and I was like, what is this? racket coming out of the speakers <laughs> i just like i can't even oh this isn't God. even music this is just like noise this isn't even good it is noise it's it's yeah. not even like good. when i was playing hockey i was the kind of player like i didn't want anything in my stomach even though we had a full game to play it's like i don't care i'll get up at whatever time get on the bus play basically empty stomach and then eat like really heavy after i've just always never wanted that but on my playlist like even if it's like six in the morning i'm listening to like intense and we called it techno back in the day it Mm. wasn't edm it was just straight up techno okay (laughs) so i was just like listening to it because i'm just such a chill attitude that it's like i needed something to rev me up and so a lot of my teammates were not on that same train they did not have that same jive so they they controlled the playlist and that but yeah, now I don't think Britney Spears like "Oops, I Did It Again" was playing though. Like, that would be on my pump up list. Oh, that would be on your playlist for sure. For sure, <laughs> I, I could do that. Have, dance. Like, um, what's that one? What is it called? Sandstorm, where it's like do do do, and it's just like yes. twelve minutes of just like intense build up. <laughs> yeah, probably that was on my playlist for sure. So but fun, I find man. like now it's a lot of really intense heavy rap, um, and. And it's, it's so funny. Like I find myself constantly walking into the dressing room with the guys and having conversations with them. I was like, um, bit of education. I was like, do you 
understand what this music's about? Do you guys relate to the culture? Have you done any research to understand what it is that these guys are rapping about? You know what I mean? Like, it's not just some good beats. Like, some of the stuff you guys are listening to is pretty harsh and there's some pretty intense messages. So yeah. it would be a good idea to understand a little bit of what you're pumping up. And then two, I have to have a conversation with some of their music. I was like, guys, to be brutally honest, I don't feel like I want to go play hockey right now. I don't feel mm. like I want to smash up on a bunch of things and create havoc. And I feel like we should be riding in the coolest car and the music should be pounding the windows down. I was like, we're in the wrong area right now. So um I I keep up to it. I, I like like I got my Spotify playlists. I keep up to what's going on, and um, I do a lot of music actually in practices. And I I take care of the playlists, and I do listen to what they enjoy, and I try to censor some of the really bad stuff out. And I'm like, listen, man, if you want to listen to that on your own time, that's fine. But your mom is not going to find out that I had that on the stereo. Like it's not happening, but <laughs> yeah. I would like, you know, if we're doing an exercise where there's not a lot of instruction and it's just executing plays. Yeah. I'll put the music on the speakers and, and we'll have it blaring during practice. And, and as a lot of guys in the NHL and other university and junior programs, they, they actually do it too. And, and it's smart actually, because um, if you think about it, there's a lot of distractions in a the game. There's music, there's people mm -hmm. cheering, there's, you know, a lot of distractions. So you have to one, deal with that. You're not going to be in a quiet environment where you get to focus and read a book. And two, you have to be loud to communicate. So it gets them actually mm. talking and having to be louder than music. And then mm. three, it just gets them jacked up. Like there's some really fun right. Christmas mixes. Like there's a really fun Grinch one out there. That's like super EDM and like really mixed really good. So it's kind of fun. It's like you get your Christmas um, and then you get some of your other music. Music. so I try to keep up to date on the music with the kids but some of it is the wrong environment I'll say yeah <laughs> I feel like if I had like a pump up song it'd be like cherry pie or something like yeah, for some reason one. that song just like gets that's me going every time one. that was on the university playlist heck yeah yeah that's like the the one song that like like amps you up like every time you hear because you like everyone knows the words to it and you guys just yeah, just go for it. So. Is that the one that's like, she's my chip yes. pie? That one? Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's from Coyote Ugly when she was like throwing the water on herself. And she's, yeah. Like, yeah. she's just, <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Oh, Intensity. Can't Fight the Moonlight, though, would be oh. pretty good, though. Dun, dun, can't Fight dun, the Moonlight. <laughs> so good. Such a good movie nothing to do with hockey but so good anthems yeah. anthems you got to introduce these kids to can't fight the moon like well, and that's ugly. like the big thing too is there's no major like from like the 90s there was like jam jocks and like all yes. of these crazy like especially with basketball right with basketball mm -hmm. it was like classic having the kind of like that that slow creep and then you just get a little bit more yeah. and a little bit more yes. and then you're just like oh my gosh it's time it's time you know and you're getting a little nervous <laughs> and you're getting a little sweaty and you're just like holy crap okay 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 bring it back down bring it back down bring it Focus, and you're just like oh my yeah. god I gotta go right like there, there's none of those things now and those are the no. best like exactly. you need those ones right just the constant kind of the classic um what is it like the Chicago Bulls one there's one if you look on Spotify it's like yes. Chicago Bulls siren one yep. it's got, yeah yeah it's so it's so good dude I, I think we need to like put a, a Spotify playlist together for the podcast you should, just, yeah, like, you pump, should. Pump you should definitely jams ask all of your guests for like their yes. top three and then yeah. just have like a uh, um and a like an ongoing uh, list of like pre-game pump up jams or something oh for all sure right. and then you give guys us can yours. totally just set it up let you're mm -hmm. starting it you're starting it give us your top three top three go. jams 
Okay, I'll send them to you. I'll I'll, I'll DM them to you. Okay. All right. Pick your three, <laughs> girl. We're gonna All kick right. it off. Ooh, the pressure's on. No waiting. No waiting. Like you said, you're like, and nobody's just raising their hand. That All right, I'll do it. We're gonna do it. We're doing it. You're starting it off. All right. Exactly. So what copy do you, that. There you go. copy that, yeah. <laughs> copy that. <laughs> I love it. What, where do you see the um, professional women's hockey going in the next five years? I would like to see it get some sponsorship to be perfectly yeah. honest, like straight up. Funny. Otherwise um, those ladies aren't going to be able to, y- you have to have some kind of a baseline of income to maneuver and to work with yeah right and that was actually one reason why I found myself dropping out of senior women's hockey even on on the pacific coast over here was just the pure fact of okay um this is going to cost me how much and every time we travel somewhere like I have to pay for the hotel and so it just really turned into like one, can I get the time away from work if I have to work because I'm not making anything playing on these teams? And then two, I have to not only make enough money to survive, I need time off and then I have to pay for my hockey and my travel expenses. So, I mean, just pure that in itself for operation fees is something that I hope that in five years is a non-issue, to be perfectly honest. I really hope it's a non-issue. And I really hope that as we start seeing some of these players um, when it comes down to like skill wise, be able to match the guys. Um, Like, I think we need to bring back a little bit of that. Remember back in the Michael, uh, Michael Jordan days when it was like, you know, I can do what Mike does. And there was like a whole, yes, it was a Nike Mm. campaign, but there was like a whole campaign of being like, I can be just as good as you. I think we need to have not, you know, if it has to be a campaign because they want to get some sponsorship from a company, then do it you know what I mean like make the money flow if you can however you can do it um, in a positive way so I hope that that is definitely something that comes out of it I hope that we have um, more teams I hope that we have more feeder systems from high performance minor teams into those types of programs um, whether it's from university in there or straight Um, just something that is a pathway so that women who are learning the game who are growing up in the game have an understanding to go, oh, okay, so here's a pathway that I can follow. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the guys, there's very different pathways that they can follow and they're lined out for them. And so they just have to figure out which one works best for them in which route they can hopefully go. Yeah. Well, with the women, a lot of it is they don't know. There's still a lot of parents who even that, you know, don't know what's out there. They don't know how to for lack of a better term, market their daughter. And so I think when you talk about like crazy parents, that's probably where some of the stress comes from because they feel like they're missing out on that opportunity. They don't know who to talk to. They, they don't know if it was the right person to talk to. Like, was that the right? And I just find like everything's such a hush-hush kind of insider deal. I would love to see that disappear and have these very clear drawn, you know, pathways. This is how you can get into the university or university and college pathways. They're, they're pretty lined out. You know, we're starting to, have these academy programs but after that like how are women getting into these programs and then how are they being seen because if there's no spectators then why would someone want to sponsor a program because no one's going to see their product no one's going to see their name so I just want it to become um, the conversation to not become how can we get it going I would love the conversation to become this is how we've gotten it going and this is how we keep it growing and so if that's something that a lot of the women that are on the ground working in those areas and really pushing those um those campaigns and and those issues then I just 
I just want to give them as much positive energy as possible and support and know that there's people from all over the place like me that are developing the women that want to play in your league. You know what I mean? They want to, they're coming, you know, and we just want to have a place for them so that they don't want to quit. They feel like, Oh, that's the pathway. Okay. There's somewhere to go. There's a future. And that's really in five years that that future is here. It's now that it's realized that those pathways are solidified. Yeah. Well, you're taking us there, girl. You're taking us there. <laughs> you're taking us there. I feel like, um, uh, we, you know, we heard that very clearly from uh, one of our guests a few episodes back. We interviewed uh, three of the girls on the university team in Maine at UNE, and we asked them, like, so what do you, like, what's your goal? What are you going to do after co- college hockey? And they're like, um, going to get my major in like sports medicine and the, like, they, they, you know, when they even got into the program talking about them growing up, it wasn't like a very direct line to the the path for a, a woman to play hockey in any sort of capacity, whether it is a professional league or even just to college. I mean, that, those roads are still being, you know, really put together. So you're, you're dead on balls accurate with that. So, um, yeah, that's that's good news to hear about the sport. Um, who is your favorite hunk of hockey? Oh my god, is it even <laughs> like? I feel so bad because I don't like the team he's playing on, though. That's okay. <laughs> that happens. Okay, like I said, because I'm an Edmonton fan, I used to, and. I, I guess a little starstruck because like when I when I came and watched him when he was playing in Vancouver, it was just mind boggling that I was like standing by the glass and he was standing on the ice and we were almost the same height. I was just like, <laughs> you're a freaking monster. And it was Milan Lucic. And I really enjoyed I know so many people like I'm going to get booed on this one, but I don't care. People call him a gorilla and I don't care. I just think he's just. Oh, definitely. He's, He's just a monster. And I think it would be interesting to have dinner with him. Mm. He's got good facial structure. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whitney's like, yeah, I know. I know. I got a I picture know, on the other side it. of the wall that you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> but I so wasn't a funny. fan with him when he went to Calgary. He looks ugly in that jersey. It doesn't look good on him. No. It's, a bad it's not his color. He was good in black. He's good in black and silver, though. Yeah, I can yeah. take that. It's just the Calgary. It looks bad. It's really yeah, bad. no, no, you can't, can't get it that. off. Like it just gets stuck on you, and you can't wash it off. It's ugh. yeah. Oh, it's I love it. <laughs> oh, my family in Calgary are gonna be like, we heard you, Whitney. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay, <laughs> so who is your favorite hockey lady? Um, I have to say that. Uh, recently uh, I've become a massive fan of Cami Granado. I've been a really big fan and I think it's only because really I've had um, some of the interactions and some of the webinars and, and the mentorship programs that I'm in. Um, she's come in and also just been a part of that and getting to talk to her um, about where she's been, what she's doing currently right now is just, and again, being able to talk to her and have like a legit real conversation and not not feeling like oh my gosh like you've accomplished so much and I'm so far down here like it was just really wonderful to talk you know um across the table just like straight up and have a real conversation so um 
for what she's doing and what she's already accomplished. Like I have, I have nothing but support and, and couldn't say more positive and praiseful things about um, her journey and her path. So we've had a common occurrence with a lot of our guests on the show that they have a Sidney Crosby story. So we've just decided to make it a part of our three questions. So do you have a Sidney Crosby story? I don't. That's okay. I don't. I never really hung out uh, in any areas that, that he would, that he would be. And yeah, you're like you the mean complete you're not, opposite You're not friends side. with him? <laughs> yeah, yeah no, we with... don't, we don't like talk often and COVID no. really hasn't wrecked our friendship. So. <laughs> no, no Christmas cards in between the two of you, nothing like that. No, the closest we get to cards is I think like the Tim Hortons cards. So that's <laughs> yeah. probably as close as we get to, to me and Sid the kid, but it was definitely someone that, you know, was a massive part of my upbringing. He was you know, the guy to look at. Um, but like I said, I probably have like closer interactions with Connor McDavid than I do with Sidney Crosby. So I think that's kind of cool in itself. Yeah. But um, yeah, but really, yeah, no, I don't have any Sid stories. So it's okay. Unfortunately, it's I, okay. I big X on that one. You said you've um, met slash, you know, had encounters with Connor McDavid. What about any other NHL, NHL guys current or past it's so funny a lot of my nhl interactions have actually transitioned away from players just because i find right a lot of those opportunities are for a lot of the youth programs um where we're offering like meet so and so and but i find a lot of my interactions have moved into the coaching staffs actually you know so um before a game um we got the guys in the room with some of the Vancouver Canucks coaching staff of last year, you know, and just had some good conversations with them trying to get, you know, me having a conversation with the coach to almost like prep him for a question so that the boys can hear and understand. So a lot of it has transitioned into that side where it's a lot of um, kind of that administration bench boss type personnel that I get to meet, which is really, really cool. Um, and not as much of the players. I hope one day that if there is interactions, maybe it's like seeing me as like a skills coach and that I, mm-hmm. I would love to try and get involved that way. And there's a, a, you know, I'm part of the Canucks mentorship program. And if they ever allow themselves to kind of allow people outside of their bubble back in, you know, we're looking to maybe build some of those types of relationships. Um, with the organization, but right now everything's on hold just, just mm-hmm. because they're trying to get their season up and running. There's a lot of things that they are dealing with, with their players. So um, not, not much action access, pardon me to the, to those guys, but. Uh, Where can everybody follow you, keep up with you? We know that we'll be able to see you in some capacity in <laughs> the Mighty Ducks TV series. So everybody keep a lookout for that in 2021. Um, but outside of that, uh, where can people follow you and take, take coaching from you and training and all that good stuff? Well, hopefully uh, when it's all aired, you'll be able to see a very clear uh, image of me in the season finale, but I can't tell you why, but uh, that'll be a very exciting day uh, tomorrow on set. But um, you can always find me at uh, at my website on the World Wide Web at <laughs> fireandicehockey.com. 
And um, if you happen to be in our area, if you are listening and you happen to be in the Fraser Valley area, we do have holiday camps on right now. There is space limited, but we do ask that you're from our region just because we're respecting health borders um, right now and keeping guys a little bit more safer. But uh, if you're um, interactive and you're on social media, you can definitely check us out on our Instagram. That's at Fire and Ice Hockey. And then if you're in the Twitter world, you can check us out at Fire and Ice H-O-C for Hawk. So those are two areas. Um, we also do have ourselves on Facebook. You can just look us up, Fire and Ice Hockey, if that's more your style. But um, those are the major platforms that we're on. And um, otherwise, you can just go on the website, send us an email, um, inquire or have a good conversation, whatever you're feeling. Just reach out. We're pretty friendly and we do get back to people. So whatever works for you. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.